Good evening, everybody. Football Cantina MX Podcast. We are back with another episode. We're going to cover the Jornada 12 fixtures that just happened over the weekend. And we are heading into some partidos moleros starting on Wednesday. And there's a lot of fiasco going around that. And we'll also go over some of the player abroad action that happened this last weekend. But before I go any further, let's welcome Joel to the show. Joel, happy Monday. How are we doing? Chihuahua, Jaime. All is good. All is good. She was one. So things are fine for now. Wait, did you say Chivas won? Hold on, I'm going to stop Chente right there because we won at home against Mazatlan with an extra man and it took a suspicious penalty call to get that victory. Win, win is a win. A uh-huh. win is a win. And, and, and yeah, and for the Chivas, Mati won too. Wow. You know what's crazy? Uh, I follow the San Jose Earthquakes on Twitter, and they were they posted a Twitter uh, a tweet. Uh, you know, hey guys, we're gonna play LAFC uh, tonight, and then everybody in the comments was like, "Oh, here we go, another seven zero defeat, five zero defeat, nine zero defeat." So then, right after the game, uh, they tweeted, "You guys were all wrong about the scores." And I'm like, damn, bro. <laughs> and it's their own fans that tweeted like all these comments. It wasn't LAFC fans or you know haters. It's like their are their own fans were just like so jaded. But they yeah, because they they had been washed already by LAFC. So because they were expecting another another defeat and uh, and I guess and being an away game even more so. But wow. Yeah, man. Um, I the only reason I like keep up with MLS because of the earthquakes. Like I follow again, follow the account on Twitter, but it's pretty crazy, man. Um, he's having a kind of a fiasco season over there in San Jose. Um, but primarily want to focus on the on the jornada doce that just happened, and uh, I'm not gonna lie, man. I, I kind of feel bamboozled because the clasicos that we were supposed to have. Um, for example, uh, the Rejo Montano Clásico uh, on Saturday, Monterrey Tigres, that was a snooze fest. And then uh, America and Cruz Azul, also a snooze fest. So I feel like we kind of got bamboozled there. Yeah, a jornada that should have been more excite seems to have fallen flat on its face. Uh, there was a casualty, Toluca. Toluca sacked my boy Chip. Chepo de la Torre, man. It was Chepo Guardiola or Chepo de la Torre? Because which which (laughs) (laughs) What happened, man? Toluca were uh, in a respectable position. Um, Yeah, and they tied. They they tied um, Pachuca. You know, so it's not like it's not like they were getting embarrassed out there. Uh, results weren't what they wanted, but huh. this this is a team that was trash not too long ago. Wow, you know where where at home where they were getting they were getting some 
big defeats. So um, I I think it's it's more goes more on the extra cancha, you know. I think just problems. Usually, I I know there was. Did you did he lose the locker room? I think that's part of it, but then again, he didn't build that locker room. Mm. And you also have Sina, former, you know, Toluca standout, who is now, he's like a GM. And so who knows what's going on there, man. I know a lot of times you end up having problems because um, a coach is tied to a promoter. And then you want, the coach will try to bring players tied to that promoter. And so sometimes they will sideline players. Uh, so that that's something that happens. I don't know if you ever saw Club de Cuervos. They the even Netflix show. Yeah, they even did like a, a few episodes on that, where the promoter told the players to like pretend to have injuries and whatnot. Oh wow! I forgot if they were just trying to replace the coach or whatnot. Uh-huh. But I mean. It's it's a it's something that does happen. I'm not saying that's what happened, but I wouldn't I wouldn't um you know I wouldn't be surprised if it did. Because uh, I mean, like you said, a respectable place. They were still within qualifying, uh, and then why now? They, we're twelve they weeks took, into the into the season. Yeah, you're not. It's not like you're battling relegation or anything. You're not getting uh, embarrassed by Kansas City Football Club, so it's like you know, why not just at least finish the rest of the? the See? Well, you know, and it's the same like what happened with Tena, one game in, and uh, you know, a lot of the criticism was that he was tied to certain promoter. Yeah, uh, and so who knows if that that ended up playing a part? We we won't. It's hard sometimes to find out. Sometimes this gets aired. Years, you know, yeah, 10 years from now, 10 years from now, sometimes like they'll just start saying it, they'll just start like saying what happens because at a point of their career where it doesn't matter no more. Um, very quickly, we, we have a live audience member on YouTube and he says that our audio is choppy, so give us a quick second and uh, let me get that fixed really fast. So where do we go from here? I I think that there was a rumor saying that uh this and this is like fresh off the press um <laughs> that Osorio was approached to replace Chepo and he said no thank you. He said no and you know sometimes when they sack a coach like that they usually already have someone lined up. So uh Chances are they had one before because the bad result was the previous one. I think, if I'm not mistaken, did they lose to Mazatlan? Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, this is new new information for me. I haven't really um, kept up with, with the Luca that much this season, but, uh, you know, if I feel like here we go on to the, uh, the coaching carousel and, and – you know, recycling coaches. Um, you had Cristante, La Volpe, Chepo, Cardoso. Maybe throw in Ojitos Mesa. I don't know. 
Oh, okay, they lost to Juarez. So they lost to Juarez at home. And, I, you know, I think that you wanted a result to, to, to sack the coach. That that would be the one because that was before that um, two hard defeats to Puebla and and Querétaro, both four one. Um, oh wow! And then yeah, then they tied America, then they lost to Pachuca away, um, but they had like you know it, it wasn't all that bad. They beat Chivas, they beat Tigres. You know, they beat Atlas away. I mean, that's something. They weren't very um, consistent, but they were they were sneaking out wins here and there. They were, I guess, they were doing just enough. But I think for Toluca, especially a team that's, you know, that's been on the, just hasn't been doing well. I mean, just get 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 to the Liga, and that's a good, that's a good important step and. You know, people forget just how hectic this Liguilla has been with the double, with the COVID, yep. and then with the previous, the previous season having been, you know, it's suspended. So, I mean, people forget all that stuff, and it's like, it, it hasn't been easy sometimes. Uh, just the whole, what it takes to plan, you know, planning the week by week and all that, and that. Yeah. So let's let's see who who comes in, man. And uh, here's the thing, and I've been someone that has been a culprit of of saying this about how inconsistent Liga Mekis is, and you know how that can you know the, the short season's a problem and all that. But Man City lost to Leicester City five two over the weekend, so you know what I mean. <laughs> this happens in football. It's not just the inconsistency of 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 Liga Mekis, you know sometimes you just end up on the wrong side of of the ball it happened to Man City uh Wolves lost 4-0 to West Ham United which we'll talk about later cuz Raul was involved in that fiasco but you know the the thing about this is the reality is we have 18 teams and we have 17 fixtures and we have five games left so it's like kind of a really bad time to be chopping heads off um at this point of the season you just ride the wave and then you rebuild you know it's like there's no point of doing that with five games left to spare it's just you you just stick with your choice and you know they're they have they have 14 points oh victory could leapfrog them right next to Chivas and then another victory and all of a sudden you're in the top five, top four. It's like, it's not that bad of a season, man. You didn't have to do that, but who knows? Yeah, I, I, I'll chalk it up to politics. I mean, I think, because I think Toluca in the past have shown at, at least to bring more leniency where the coach wasn't doing too good. They would hold on to them a bit longer. Mm. And Chepo's a coach with some good history there. He did win two league titles with Toluca. People seem to forget. Uh, so, I mean, so I think that's that's the last time they won, I think. If I'm not mistaken, was probably was under Chepo. And I don't think they've won since. And so I thought that was going to be the perfect fit for him. Uh, but nope. Nope. Uh, yeah, it's kind of so like... I, I do think in part some of the players did, you know, how they say they... 
le tendieron la cama. Watch the new guy. Watch the new guy come in, and all of a sudden they they're playing way better. So I mean that's that's a possibility there too. <clears throat> so like you mentioned, uh, Toluca Pachuca tied zero zero. That was the first game of Jornada Doce. It was on a Thursday, and then we had what was probably the most entertaining match of the week: uh, Puebla Super Camotes at home, tied three three with Querétaro. And it was, you know, back and forth. Uh, Osvaldo Martinez scored early, 27th minute. Immediate response by Angel Sepulveda with Gallos. And then at one point, Querétaro was actually leading the game 2-1. But then, uh, actually 3-1, sorry. And uh, and then Puebla came back and and uh, they tied it on the 91st minute. So that was, uh, who would have thought that would have been the, the match of the week? with all these other headliners. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. We, they, well, that's, that's been the Guardianes. That's the Guardianes <laughs> for you, man. Uh, Juarez lost to Atlas at home. One zero. Um, and then Rayados at home for some reason, couldn't get the bag and, uh, they lost two zero to Tigres. Tigres continuing to show, who daddy is. Um, a little bit misleading though. The game was very boring. I was actually watching it and I was actually watching it in English because for some reason, uh, Rayados are on Fox sports and I don't have the Fox sports in Espanol. So I was watching these British cats calling the game <laughs> and talking about Mexican football. And it was just throwing me so off. And they even they even talked about uh, Funes Mori, who I've been a big fan of, and I ke- I keep saying that he should you know he should play for Mexico if he has the opportunity. Why not? And even the guys on the broadcast were saying, yeah, you know, Funes Mori should do it. And uh, I thought that was a little bit refreshing, um, but the game itself was very very boring. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, Mohamed. He's still the coach, but he's had a, a tough season. Well, yeah, but better than last. Uh, they are in eighth place. So, I mean, that would be Ligia in the regular season. Now the new the new one, you could be in 12. So that means Atlas, surprisingly, is just at 12, man. So good, good for the Rojinegros. Yeah, they're no longer in last place. That belongs to Atleti San Luis, which lost to uh, León 2-0 with the man down as well. So tough. Yeah, but León is, is the undisputed right now. That's they're right. The league leaders, 27 points. Uh, just one above Cruz Azul in second. And... Uh, in America in third with 24 in America with back-to-back Clásicos. Piojo does not lose him. This is another coach that is, it's found it amusing how there was like a while back, this whole Fuera Piojo thing trying to trend. And it's like, I don't think the fans or a good chunk of the America fans really appreciate what they have with Piojo, man. His numbers are insane if you start adding up. You know, just his record for qualifying to Liguilla, 
or at least fighting for a championship. <clears throat> yes, I won that many as much as people expect, but I mean, I, I think this is this is the reality of America where it's like at one point they were the powerhouse where they they just had all the top players. That hasn't been the case for a long time. And, you know, it's been Tigres and Monterrey that been spending the most and bringing the bigger names, even Cruz Azul. Uh, so they're just, they're no longer that, you know, that the team, they were like, at least when it came to spending, you know, they were like the Real Madrid of Mex when it came of like bringing in the star power and whatnot. And dude, that's just, that just hasn't been them for a while. Uh, I don't think that, you know, they need to do that and they've shown that they don't have to, but I, I still think like people have, the, they still have that old mentality and they're expecting much, much more of this team. Almost similar to what's going on with Chivas, mm. where a lot of the fans expect more. And it's yeah. like, dude, it's a team that in 40 years, they will pretty much win one title every 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> they can't afford to keep a strong squad. Uh, so why are you expecting all this stuff? Uh, other, other things need to change before you can have these, these high expectations. But, yeah, man, it's, it's impressive. He has America up there in third place, and he's, he's always found a way around injuries, you know? He's had a lot of important players injured. And so right now it's it's Memo who's looks like he might be missing what six weeks. Yeah. Um, so for people that don't know what happened, uh, there was like a training camp for the players that were called up for the upcoming friendlies. Which there's a lot of shit going on with that that we we're gonna be talking about. Um, but uh, both Ochoa and Cordova came back with with injuries. Uh, it's kind of like when you let your buddy borrow your car and then he brings it back and there's a hubcap missing and your uh your your bent your front front bender's all messed up you're like hey what the f- man what the hell did you do with my car and uh Miguel Herrera was defending his players and saying you know he doesn't want to borrow let them borrow these players anymore for meaningless games if you're going to bring them back all injured so um, I don't know if he was using that as an excuse, you know, going into the Cruz Azul match. But you know, they ended up not losing, like you mentioned, back to back classicals. You didn't you didn't lose any of them. So, um, I don't know, man. I I think like the country is a is above like club rivalry shit. But I I totally understand like being frustrated with. You know, with that situation it happened to Carlos Vela. You know, he 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 uh, he got injured with La Selección. He went back to Arsenal, all messed up, and you know that probably messed up his career there. On top of you know discipline and all that, you throw that into the mix, and uh, you never get a thanks. <laughs> you never get a thank you for for uh, doing this for your country, I guess. I really don't know what do they get paid for playing for La Selección or is it all just for honor? I don't think they get paid for the amistosos. 
Uh, I know the UK like like stipends maybe like spending money or stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but I think I think uh, it all comes on if you play in a tournament. Then right there you end up getting you do end up getting like you know like the money for participating in the tournament. Yeah. And then price price money if depending like you made it out of the group and how far you got. But I know with like MX, which is heavily commercialized national team, uh, I know there was this a while back. Which it's been recurring, but it's mm. sort of like with with um, image rights. Interesting. You know? And I don't, I don't know if you remember that it was going to be an amistoso and they had this billboard. It was going to be... Uh, where was it? By San Francisco? I forget the name of the place. Oh, in Santa Clara? Uh, they, yeah, there there you go. There's going to be some amistosos. It was like a molero. But they had like this billboard and it was like three players that weren't even called up. <laughs> it's like Chicharro, Guardado, and you know, Ochoa or something. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think those were the ones. But uh, they weren't even called up. But it's, it's stuff that where they end up, you know, we all remember those uh, sandwich commercials and so you, stuff like that where it's like and a lot of times when um, when you have these amistosos, the players end up having to like cut promos or whatnot, you know, or, yeah. or it's not just meet up with it's not just training. The, it's like photo shoots yeah. and, you know, having to yeah. be a little puppet, you know, doing well, yeah. all, all these yeah, commercials yeah. and. You go to the big corporate corporate party, man. <laughs> you have to attend the corporate party or the the birthday party of some and then, big wig. And then, you, <laughs> and then they have the balls to get mad at the players when they call in hookers and blow off some steam. It's like, come on, man. You, you literally have been riding our ass all day in training. I'm, I'm here. I had a, like, travel 3000 miles cuz i'm playing in europe and i can't even can't even bang some hookers come on man this is a joke well, yeah, and, and then because, and then you suspend me for 6 months <laughs> well because it's it's the image you know you're selling that image yeah. and it's like the wholesale image you know like uh they used to have at Wheaties. i don't know if you remember I'm probably too young but they would just have like an athlete oh yeah of course usually like an olympian yeah at the Wheaties box that was just right after they won, you know, but there was scandals like they got caught with, you know, driving with hookers and cocaine <laughs> and all. You're, you're gonna pull, they're going to pull you out of that box. You know? Can you imagine? What, what's in this? Can you what's imagine cereal, going to like South America to play in Copa America and you, you're not even playing with like your homies. You're playing with all the rejects and then you're you know you're getting trapped you know you're getting like ridiculed almost every game so, so then you decide to throw a party with some hookers and stuff and then <laughs> you get caught up not only did the pre the press get all over it but they you find out that they also stole your like uh ipads and all your money and then you get suspended like you well, would, you, know that, that, you would never that, go back and play for Mexico after that, dude. You'd be like, "Screw well, you that guys!" Incident, it's crazy because that incident you're you're talking about. That's how they got caught because they, 
They reported, they right? Filed a, they, they filed a police <laughs> report to the hotel saying, oh, you know, they, they stole all our stuff. And so the hotel was like, all right, we're going to call the cops. We're going <laughs> we're gonna to call the press. And they probably had all this footage. Oh, yeah, dude. And, uh, it's like you guys they played yourselves. Just take the L, man. You guys played yourselves, yeah. bro. Charge it to the game, man. You, you lost. It's like, bro, it's an airport. It, it, your... It's an iPad. You guys make that in a day. Like, you guys are stupid for doing that. Um, it was so like, what was it for the second? What was it? The Monterrey? That's what they gave the women's team. Oh, they gave they gave the iPads. <laughs> they they couldn't give them a bonus, but they gave them iPads. Yeah. Um. So Pumas. Kind of going back to Jornada 12. Pumas, uh, with a man down, managed to salvage a draw. They were actually losing the whole game. And Juan Ignacio Dineno scored his eighth goal of the season. And Pumas, despite the loss against uh, Leon, kind of bounced back. Uh, now they're floating in, in the fourth position. Um, And that's pretty much the, the entire Jornada. I, I definitely wanted to kind of talk a little bit about Chivas and this kind of ties into I don't know if you heard but uh Luis Suarez uh was sold to Atletico and he was very emotional and uh Messi on his Instagram said, you know, I can't believe that this happened. I don't agree with how they treated you. And then it, all in the comments was like all these ex-Barcelona players like Puyol and Neymar and Dani Alves and they're like, oh, "Yeah, I can't believe like this shit's happening. What a joke. And it just reminds me of when Chivas used to treat their legends like that. Claudio Suarez, Ramon Ramirez, Ramon Morales, even like Oh man, they still do. Bofo, <laughs> Omar Bravo. Like they all left. I know Bofo Bofo not so much. I well, like a, yeah. As much as I liked and he was He was a drama one queen. One of my favorite players. Yeah. He he cost him he shit. He did it to himself, yeah. man. He, but, he and yeah. you know, you you know I'm I'm a I don't I don't know if we we mentioned it here, but there's this like YouTube, it's like a podcast. You can see it on YouTube with uh, Martinoli and and I think Medrano. And but they have like they have like former players. Uh huh. And it's like it's it's like they're just like shooting the shit. Okay. And so they were they were talking about when Aguirre took when Aguirre took uh, both to the World Cup. Oh, in 2010. Yeah, because first they were talking about how how uh, La Volpe took Chiquis. Uh, so his uh, son-in-law. Yeah, so Medrano, I think it's Medrano who he said every coach does that. They all have their favorites, uh-huh. or they all have a player that, for Preferido. whatever reason, they yeah. they feel that you know that they belong in the team. And and he mentioned he mentioned Bofo going to the. You know, Aguirre taking Bofo, and then uh, I, th- I think it was him. I think it was the same Medrano dude that goes, and Bofo ends up getting in a fight with Palencia. Palencia? During the camp. Yeah. Palencia didn't so go to the World Palencia. Cup. Well, but he said he got in a fight, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what was going on there. Uh, I don't know if he was, what was the same, but this is, this is where I'm getting at. But I don't know if it was around the, like 2013. Well, I mean, I, I don't. 
or was it? Because there was two. There was two times. I don't know if it was 2010. Sagir did call him, and and he took him to the Gold Cup. Huh. And then I I don't know if that's where he he started some stuff. But but long story short, it was like around 2013, I think, when Buffalo was trying to return to Chivas, hmm. trying to retire there. And Palencia was like the Co- uh, boarding director. Oh, <laughs> like, shit. So he must have been like, yeah, no. <laughs> no, I'm not signing off on this. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I just thought it was interesting, you know, because obviously Messi's having uh, an awkward moment with Barcelona this year. You know, it's like he wants a divorce, but he still has to legally be married for now. And then you kind of. Wait, you mean you mean to to bar, divorce to Barça? Yeah, and it's like, it's just it's kind of nice to know that Chivas aren't the only organization that are you know a clown show at times. It's it's nice to know that one of the biggest clubs in the world also has issues with the front office, and these these issues aren't just uh, in Mexico. So, um, I wanted to talk about La Selección. They announced two friendlies, um, one's coming up on September 30th, and they had originally announced Costa Rica as their opponent, and unfortunately, Costa Rica had to drop out. In the beginning, I thought it was because Mexico didn't have like a, a solid plan for them, but in the end, it was actually Costa Rica's fault. Their own country did not have the correct uh, procedures to... Um, take in the players back into the country. So they had to be in quarantine for 14 days upon entering Costa Rica. But the players and the coach and all them and all the clubs said no, because then they're not going to be eligible to play for their clubs. Um, so they decided to to opt out of out of the uh, the upcoming friendly. And uh, we're going to end up playing against. Guatemala. Oh boy. Guatemala. That's a. Hey, it's better than no game at all, you know. Is it at this point? Why don't we just ask a club in Mexico play. to play against the selección? You know. Now, well, it's commercial. I, I I do think it's they have to fulfill commercial television and whatnot. I see. That's a big part of it. That that's always a big part of it. It's a, it's the negocio, man. It's the negocio. I know as fans, we they have like we a... just look at the sporting side, but this this sport is is business first, sports second. So all the stuff that doesn't make sense to they, us, they have to fulfill uh, like mm-hmm. contracts and stuff. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, you know, according to this TV deal and this stadium deal you guys have to put out at least you know x amount of games this season so you know i guess they're just scrambling to find any team to play against them um i can't even name you one player from guatemala man carlos reese was the last player that i knew you know You'll probably still call him up yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, for real man it's like i can't even name you one man no man that that what they for a while they used to put up a fight and then they sort of they sort of disappeared man 
but I guess some some sometime in the nineties. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't. We might have to get someone in here too to tell <laughs> us what, what's going on over there. Maybe one of the what are they feeding the players? One of the panelists from uh, ESPN, because I'm sure they're all from Guatemala, Honduras, <laughs> Central America. Yeah, because I remember with, when the Salvador team they fell apart, and that was there was like a lot of corruption. And I remember during one of the Gold Cups. Cienfuegos was like, he broke down, you know, because he, he couldn't like fully talk about it. And he he's, he was just, he broke down crying. It's, it's pretty tough to see, man. Wow. And, and yeah, that, that's another, you know, national teams that just sort of like, like kind of disappeared. And instead you have now like Panama, which came up. And then every now and then you have, some Caribbean, some Caribbean team shaking things up, or Trinidad. Oh, you know, rest in peace, Trinidad. <laughs> what happened to them? They have been suspended. Oh, so uh, I don't think that they will be um, going to the World Cup anytime soon. What's it with more corruption? Uh, I need to look it up because I heard about it, but I didn't really look into it. Uh, grave violations. Um, yeah, it doesn't really say much. Oh, uh, well, bad timing on their part. But this is uh, when it got easier to qualify. So yeah, there was a there was a Copa de Oro draw, and. I think we have our opponents. Oh, let's let's hear them. Uh, I want to say Mexico will be in the group with El Salvador, Curaçao, and another team to be determined. Hmm. USA will Go be. F- <laughs> USA will be facing uh, Canada. And Martinique, and another team to be determined. So, yeah, that is Gold Cup stuff. I, it's hard for me to get excited over Gold Cup. Um, I kind of feel like either USA wins it or Mexico wins it, and we kind of just take turns winning that tournament. Yeah, it, it's especially because it's always hosted in the U.S., um, yeah, you know that's. I I understood when they did that move, you know, and that was to try to get the, make the tournament consistent and make it somewhat attractive. And they invited Brazil, they invited Colombia, and they'll do things like that. And it did, it did pick up. But I think after a while, they should have been like, okay. It's time where it's like they could even done a two double host, you know, um, where they could have let two countries host it. But why not give it to I Canada? Don't know, man. I, you know, let them let, let 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 them host it. I think Canada would be a great country to host it. You know, uh, well, I don't know if they petitioned for it, you know, but I know it ultimately it would benefit other countries. And and if you look at the old Gold Cup back back when it was hosted in 
you will see it was it was more varied, more you know the people the teams winning it. It was more varied, not just you know Mex four times and then the U.S. Right. twice and then Mex again. You know, it was, it, you you actually saw, and I think that that will be good for the, you know, it it would help the region grow and it's it's you know it, it inspires yeah. new players and then rivalries and all that. So I do think in the while there's more money, it, I think in the long run it it hurts the progress of some of these teams, like uh, the you know just the type of progress that you could make by like winning something, you know, or like it, it helps make the sport more popular. Yeah, I the reason I, I mentioned Canada is because they do have a Champions League winner by the name of Alfonso Davies. Uh, and he wasn't just like one of those players that was on the bench. This this kid was like in the starting lineup and stuff. So I think Canada would be, you know, it'd be a great opportunity for them to just bring more awareness to the game out there. I know hockey is like their their bread and butter, and I know Toronto uh, Raptors won the uh, the finals in the NBA last season. But yeah, you know, don't sleep on on soccer. I think it would be. Well, a they good, are they're going to be one of the hosts for the World Cup. So yeah. True. And and they did they did um start their own league. That's right. So aside from having what is it, two or three MLS teams? Uh, Vancouver, White Caps, uh do they have a team in Toronto? Toronto Yeah. And and Mon- uh, Mon- Montreal. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that and then they have they have like their own I guess it's more of a semi pro league. I see. But I mean that's 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 just, you know, that's those are some pretty good advances, you know. We also do have another opponent, and this will be for the game on the 13th of October. This will be in the ha- the Hague in Holland, but we will not be playing the Netherlands. We're, we will be playing against Algeria, hmm. which is kind of cool. Um, I don't know if we've ever played Algeria but when I think of Algeria, I think of the time where they had uh, Germany on their toes and they almost beat them. And then Germany ended up winning the whole World Cup. But, um, yeah, don't sleep on Algeria. I'm actually excited for that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to have those type of opponents that you don't really face, you know. Just just to see. It's, it's, they make for interesting games. Yeah. Uh, what else? There was some more drama going on, but <laughs> there was um, some player abroad action. So we'll start with the bad and then end with the good. The bad, uh, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, Wolverhampton lost 4-0, and unfortunately Raul Jimenez scored an own goal. So... Not- <laughs> hey, at least he scored, man. At least he scored. So, he keeps he's, on scoring. He's, it's third week in a row. He's consistent. He's, he's still consistent. <laughs> he's like, hey, man. I, you know, so far I've scored in every game in the Premier League. Can you say that? No. But it was a. It, I saw the replay. It was a corner kick, and he tried to like. I, I just ricocheted off his off his uh, his body, and it went inside the goal. And uh, Wolves had a tough loss against West Ham United. 
And uh, but on to the good. Uh, we have that kid that's playing out in 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 Portugal, Jesus Gomez for Boavista. So far, he's started in both games of the of the Primeira League, and uh, they lost five zero to Porto. But uh, on the other side, Tecatito Corona was uh, he scored a goal and he had an assist in that game. So pretty cool. He didn't win another award. He keeps getting all these awards. Uh, I saw him getting an award for I don't know another. I think another MVP. He probably got trophy. Like- Man of the match or something, but yeah, Tecatito's doing a great job out there in Portugal for Porto. Um, I was actually watching a documentary today um, on Netflix, and they were doing a a thing on Mourinho, and you know he coached Porto, and he said that Porto is like a city that is full of hardworking citizens, and you know the expectations are that the team you know, plays with the blood and, and, and has the sweat. So um, for him, for, you know, for Corona to be named the MVP of the league and to continue to win fans and, and hearts and minds is, you know, makes me proud, you know, cause he's Mexican. Um, and I encourage more and more players to, to go to Porto. Um, and also I actually have, a sound bite uh, because Chucky Lozano scored a brace for Napoli and uh, Gattuso had some nice things to say about him. Squadra è in crescita. Lozano gli sto regalando assolutamente nulla. È un giocatore diverso. C'ha forza nelle gambe. Non, non è che quando calcia adesso cade per terra come il ragazzino fece l'anno scorso. Io non c'avevo nulla contro Lozano e sapevo. Io conoscevo molto bene Lozano. Eh, conoscevo Lozano del PSV Indoven, un giocatore che attaccava sistematicamente, puntava sistematicamente, attaccava sempre la linea. E l'anno scorso sicuramente non stava al 100% a livello mentale e a livello, e a livello fisico. E quest'anno si sta giocando perché sta dimostrando di essere un giocatore importante. E... So, for those that don't speak I Italian... I've got the last part he's playing because he's showing to be an important player. Yeah. So, they were asking him about Lozano, and he said straight up, hey, I didn't hand him anything. He is a distinct player this year. He has gained strength in his legs, and he doesn't fall to the ground like a little kid anymore. <laughs> I, I had nothing against him. I knew... The PSV version of Lozano, you know, the player who scored goals, who always attacked the lines. But in my team, playing well isn't good enough. You must defend the ball and be balanced on both sides. And he said last year, Lozano was not 100% fit mentally or physically. This year, if if you see him starting this year, it is because he has shown that he is a substantial and important player. So the tough love, man, it worked out. God dang. This, this Gattuso might be the best thing that happened to Chucky, man. I think he he was that big fish in the little pond. No disrespect to Holland. But uh, just seeing how tough Serie A can be and getting a coach that was like, you know, I, I just don't want to see that fancy move every now and then. I, I think we should send 
La Chofis to Napoli. <laughs> La Chofis, Lines. That's, that's, I don't know about Lines, man. He, he seems more more focused, but, but Chofis, yeah. I can see him, dude, showing up to training, and Gattuso's like, why are you walking up in here with your head down? Get the fuck out, man. Go back home. Yeah. He would be like, hey, go back home. You're dismissed from training today. Yeah, which he did. He did that to Chucky, you know. He he saw him there. I don't know if I don't know what the Chuck was doing and Catuso was like, You don't come here to mess around, go home. And that must have been like, you know, a bucket of cold water. When you're you're because, you know, I think at that point he was the biggest transfer. I don't know right now, but I know around that point they had yeah, paid fifty. It's, yeah. So for the coach to tell him that, but wow, man, I, I'm I'm excited for what could happen, you know, with, and hey, big credit to, to uh, remember the words of Borghetti, where he said, uh, Chucky should stay at Napoli and, and just fight to earn a spot because it would help him develop his character. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm definitely eating crow from last season. I think um, <laughs> I think Cheekies was the only one that said, no, man, he should stay there and tough it out. I was like, yo, sell him, sell him, sell him, get the hell out of here. How do you spend 50 grand on a, on a 50, 50 million yeah. on, a, on a Ferrari and leave him in the driveway? What are you, what are you crazy? <laughs> but well, yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. My, but my thing has always been to be at a club where the coach wants you. Yeah. And so the reports we were getting, it sounded like Gattuso was just trying to to get rid of him. Bro, he Mr. Miyagi'd uh, his ass, man. But I think <laughs> I think yeah, I think those were just just bad reporting. I think he was just showing him some tough love. Yeah. And and yeah, making making sure that he was going to be way more committed or just have more you know, just more hustle yeah. than to just. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the Mighty Ducks three. You know, they had all this <laughs> swagger. They were all you know having fun. They were the shit. And then uh, they were you know they try to play against the the varsity team, and they were trying to do like the flying V and all these like you know moves that had worked before. And then the the varsity team just out you know out bodies them physically. <laughs> And I feel like Chucky was like that kid. You know, he, he was the hot shot. He was Charlie. He was the protagonist at PSV, scoring all the goals, <laughs> being the fly. You know, and then he gets to this this new new coach, and uh, the coach is like, we play both sides of the ball. You got to learn how to defend. You know, you can't just be scoring goals. And Chucky is like, screw you, man. You know, and then he kind of like gave him that tough love, and now – now it's 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 good, man. Score two goals, and it sounds like he's going to be, like he said, an important player this season for Napoli. So I'm very excited, and I'm I'm glad this this worked out, man. And uh, yeah, send more Mexicans to Gattuso, <laughs> <laughs> or more Gattusos to Liga MX. Or you know what? <laughs> Let's <laughs> screw Tata, man. Let's get this guy. Oh, <laughs> let's go, man. <laughs> That's a good coach, man. Uh, no, I know. But yeah, you could. <laughs> Who knows, man? Who knows if it would work? 
Imagine Team Max, you know, it's it's a different beast though, man. And, imagine him like coaching Carlos Vela. Oh my god, dude. Or like but, you know, you, Marco Fabian. No. But they tried, you know, they tried it. And this is one of the the big disagreements I have with uh with Yon uh if he's listening to us. But this this went back and, and it goes back to some of the stuff you said about when they suspend the players. And so this is when Nestor, Chepo's brother, he, when he was in charge of the national team, he was like the sporting director. And uh, he went to the, to the owners and he's like, you know, we don't want, if we want him to stop with the whole partying and whatnot, then we need to be more strict. So these guys that we caught, uh, let's let's give them a more harsh suspension and whatnot, and they agreed. And, and then after that happened, that's when um, I think it was Marquez and, and a group, and they they wrote a letter and they went to the Federación, and I think the I'm not sure exactly if they overturned it or whatnot, but I, but I know Nestor says they. They were trying to get him to apologize. Oh and he wow! Was like, he was like, "F that!" Like all you fuckers agreed with this. Yeah, you know, I did bring the idea, but I put it forth to everyone. Mm. Uh, so he quit because they threw him under the bus. They made it seem like it was just him. And you know, I, I do agree with John in the fact that it was executed poorly. But I think at that point, if if you were going to go that direction. Then they should just stick to their guns, man, and just been more like that, and then just just do it better next time. But I think yeah. once they bent the knee, ya valió madre, and all that stuff has kept happening, you know, and it did keep happening, and you have to wonder if it's affected results, you know, because like you you know you you're celebrating ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like you just kind of have to have the right, the right, the right group of people surrounding the team. Like you got to have people that know how to handle players and also know how to like let them have like their time to just mess around and, and get that out of their system. And I, I don't, I don't know if we've ever had a coach that was like a players' coach. You know, I think we've had a lot of coaches. Yeah. You know, so like a coach's coach, but. Sometimes you need a player coach. You need you need you need to know know your audience and understand that you know these guys are still young and they're still trying to live their lives and stuff. So um, I just remember like Waltemo when he went to that World Cup in in South Africa and then they caught him smoking a cigarette in his hotel room and they made like a big ass deal about it. But I'm like, yo, man, this guy's like pushing forty. Just let that guy have his ciggy. You know what I mean? Ends up scoring a goal for us, anyways, and against France. So it's like, yeah, no players, coach, and also coaches where it's like, you, you know, they're so accomplished. What can you tell them? So Gattuso is right. Is one of those where, as a player, he won it. He won the he Champions won it League. All. He, he, yeah, yeah, and he won the league, and he's a World Cup champion. And he so. damn near lost his eyeball because he was so angry. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> this guy is. So like, I mean. I remember Gattuso in his prime. This guy had like a shaved head. You that, that was one guy you did not want to fuck with. Like that guy 
is not who you want chasing after you over the ball. You know, this guy was a beast. <laughs> Pitbull, man. Pitbull. So I love the mentality, and I'm glad that Chucky has grown up. And uh, who knows, man? He might have a breakout season with with Napoli, and, and maybe – Maybe he'll either stay there or maybe he'll get picked up by a bigger team. We'll see what happens. Well, well, for me, I hope that not only does he, you know, he becomes a more mentally stronger player, more rounded player, but I, I hope he he brings that to the Selección as well. Oh, yeah. We could definitely use that in La Selección. Because we, we've, seen, we've seen how a lot of times when you have players like Rafa Marquez, and they could inspire the guys around them, you know. Oh yeah. To hustle more, so and I think we've we've been lacking someone like that. I think I think we haven't had since Marquez left. I feel we haven't had a player that is like so above everyone. <clears throat> I mean that everyone is gonna hustle more to like, you know, just just because like. It's like that sort of inspiration, um, and and I think Bella could have probably been, but he didn't want it. And then the rest of the players, just sort of, just sort of like, just haven't taken that ball. I mean, we do have Jimenez, but he is more recent. You know, he's he's just he just started like from the previous season where he started to light it up. And then there hasn't really been that many games. So it could probably be him, who knows? But I think uh I think just because of his age, he's much younger and, and you know, he's gonna end up being a big part of this proceso and next. I think uh, Yeah, he's Chuck the he's the poster guy. boy, man. He's the poster boy. He's he's one of our best players along with Raul Jimenez, you know, and uh you know, you bring up Marquez, I mean, this guy was such a legend that we called him up for the World Cup in 2018. That was his fifth one. And he's the only player to captain five World Cups. So not just in Mexico, but just in the World Cup history. So, I mean, this guy's a freaking legend. And uh, you kind of saw, like, Guardado stepping up to be, like, the next leader. But, you know, he's on the wrong side of 30. And I I hope he doesn't make another World Cup because, you know, we got a lot of talent and... uh, I trust these kids in the midfield, but maybe uh, maybe Chucky will will carry the torch. Um, yeah, that would be good. We have kind of a messed up schedule because again we have that game midweek uh, against Guatemala. However, uh, business will go on as usual, so. There will be uh, matches on Friday, so players like or players teams like Chivas are kind of screwed over because I believe they loaned out like five to six Chivas players, and uh, but they'll <laughs> they'll still have that game against Tijuana on Sunday, and Tijuana who hasn't been playing, who has not been they've playing, they've missed their last two games due to COVID, and so w- hey, Tijuana might be easy pickings, man. Or or they might end up infecting Chivas and then we'll lose more players. You know what's crazy? They will lose, I should say. What's they'll cra- lose more players yeah. to COVID. What's crazy about Tijuana is the game, uh, the, the, the friendly game against Guatemala is on, on Wednesday. 
and they will they will be playing on Wednesday against Juarez to make up for the for the for the match that they did they they haven't played. So Tijuana will be pretty pretty worn out because they got that game against Juarez on Wednesday and then us on Sunday. Um, so two games in a week after, like you mentioned, being sick. So I kind of hope Chivas have this in the bag, but who knows, man. Yeah, well, I think that's that's part of it where they start, where they've, you know, they, um, I'm not even making sense. No, Pelias was one of the things that he planned for was, you know, when you're missing players, so he wanted to make sure there was enough, there was enough in the bench. So, so you're telling me we're gonna see Peralta and Gallo? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they brought him for. Oh well, he, man, Peralta not not so much, but I don't well, know, man. Chevy, Chevy Martinez has been doing pretty good. Peralta got uh, minutes against America in the Clásico. You know, they decided to put him on instead of Salivar. Instead Wait, of did he play? Did he play against Mazatlan? Or I... did he get benched for for playing? Thumb wrestling with his old American oh, buddies. Oh yeah. Um, against Mazatlan. Let me go back and check. I actually no. did not watch that game. Not watch. Uh, but it looks like he did come on. Yeah. So he did get some minutes against Mazatlan. He actually uh, came in for. Macias around the minute 86 so kind of just some handful of minutes but um, interesting changes to the lineup with Gallo uh, in the lineup with Jesus Molina it allowed Molina to move up and kind of play like an attacking midfielder and he was actually the author of the first goal Uh, it was a header so um, I don't know. I think uh, that kind of goes to show Vucetic and his his ability to kind of just move players a little bit and get the results that he he he's looking for. It looks like uh, Nene Beltran still hasn't fully recovered from COVID, so you know he's not getting as much action as uh, they as... did get five minutes though, right? Yeah, I mean. He's also one of the players that's got called up for national duty, so I'm, I'm sure that he'll be uh, between the selección and and the jornada with Chivas. I'm sure. Well, yeah. Well, let's see if he plays. You yeah. Know? We'll see what happens. Maybe Tata will notice the same thing and be like, "Oh, very. You know, you're not match fit, but I still wanted to, you know, get to see you." Yeah. Very excited to see how. This team looks like under Tata, the formation, the players that he decides to start. Very, very curious to see how that goes. Uh, moving on to Jornada 13. So it's going to be kicking off on Friday, Super Camotes versus Santos. Uh, and then Leon versus Mazatlan. So Puebla, come, again, coming off that pretty crazy comeback 3-3 against Querétaro and Santos 
who uh, I believe did not play because they were supposed to play Cholos. So they kind of had a week. Yeah. They had a week off. Um, I expect. We'll see. I mean, Pueblo's at home. I'll, I'll give them another draw. Uh, as far as Leon, they should be handling Mazatlan pretty easily. And then Saturday will be Atlas versus Necaxa. That should be an interesting match. Necaxa's second to last place. And Atlas starting to pick up steam in 12th. So, not sure who you have on that game. But Between who? Atlas and Necaxa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's our... We like to do the bomb fights of the week. <laughs> that, that's, that could be one of them. Yeah, man, that could go either way. But I would say Atlas right now is a bit more, you know... Doing slightly better. It's kind of hard to predict these matches, man. Tigres versus Atletico San Luis. Atletico San Luis in uh, in last place. Tigres steamrolling Rayado. So I, I got to give Tigres the... Uh, hey, um, do you know, I, I, I think Jaime, I'm going to have to call you out here because I think you've been a little bit, you know, a bit harsh on Mazatlan, man. Oh, really? I think they're not... Well, you know, I don't think they're doing. I don't think they're doing too good, but at the same time, they're not that much of a pushover. I mean, they've had some some defeats here and there, but they've like, for example, they they took a one-one draw to Querétaro. Mm-hmm. You no, know? they beat Toluca two-one. They um, they they held Pumas to a scoreless draw. Uh. They went pretty, you know, they went heads up against Pachuca. They lost, but it was 4-3. to three. Uh, They tied Tigres. You know, they beat Tijuana. So, I mean, it's it's like you said, it's unpredictable, and they're not. It, it's, you know, it's, it's more uh, of the same. Most of these teams have been very inconsistent. But yeah, they're, they're quite inconsistent, but, man, though, you know, they could surprise you, man. Is Paco Palencia still the coach? Yeah, I believe he is, man. Wow. Pants on. How is it possible that Valencia has managed to avoid the knife, yet Chepo is the one that gets kicked? It's, it's, a, it's a wild world we live in, man. I, I, I think, and I said it in the beginning of the season, you know, Mazatlan on Twitter acting like they were, you know, tough. But then in reality, they were just, a really mediocre team. Um, they have 10 points. They're in 15th position. So it's just one of those teams where uh, they're new. But, but you know, uh, coaching wise, I don't think, I don't think they could expect too much. Like if you were the front office of Mazatlan, so you bring the coach and it's like, just make sure we don't get embarrassed on the yeah. weekly. And just, they've suffered a... Just don't end up in last place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I think the fact that they've won some games or that they've they've also gone pretty pretty good against some of the bigger teams, I think that's enough. I mean, it's not like they gave the student a good squad, you know, and it's the first season. Um, 
So I think I think that that has played into it. All right, man. So you're telling me they might beat Leon? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, because Leon, because yeah, well, we could say Guardianes for the most part is quite inconsistent. The top, the top three, I would say Leon, Cruzul, America. I would say that's that's one of the things about those teams that they're the most consistent of 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 the of the bunch. Yep. And um, you know, uh, so I think I think that's that's where we start beginning to see a big, you know, like gap in points. So for example, Leon has twenty seven. And then um, that's a seven-point difference over Tigres in fifth, you know, and Pachuca has 19, so seven, eight. So then that's that's when you start seeing a more cushion, you know, compared to, like, Toluca with 14 and 16th place Cholos at 10. It's like... Yeah, there, there's, and a half. there's actually starting to see... You're finally starting to see some some gaps between the top three and the the rest of the league. So um America with another another tough schedule. On Saturday they will be playing Pumas. Pumas and America um uh, the last time they faced each other was in the Copa por Mexico and they drew 0-0. So uh this is one of those games uh America's at home and uh should be a really good one. We'll see. I mean that's what we're gonna. That's what I said against you know Cruz Azul and there being a zero zero draw. So it might be another boring match. Who knows? I'm sure if Chiquis was here, he would be very reserved about his prediction. Well, I mean, yeah, Pumas in fourth, right there. They're still hanging on, and I think by this point they're pretty much in. You know. They're pretty. They they would have to lose every game. I don't see that happening. Twenty three points. Would have to try, yeah. They would have to try hard to not make it. They would actually have to try, you know. So, <laughs> like he could give up and still make it, but you. <laughs> this yeah. is so crazy. You would have to try. This is the opposite. We're like we're actually, you know, they have to like score against themselves and whatnot. Give the other teams a three goal lead. Um, yeah, I mean Dineno. Still scoring goals, eight, right behind uh, Jonathan Cabeza Rodriguez. So um, they got a good goal scorer on their on their team. They also have Carlos Gabriel Gonzalez with four. So um, we'll see what happens. Again, players being uh, on on national duty. So we'll see if that affects the the fixtures this weekend and, you know, rotations and all that. Uh, another derby, Toluca versus Cruz Azul. That's on a Sunday. I don't even know if Toluca will have, like, a coach by then, but we'll we'll be, <laughs> we'll be uh, having our, our ear to the ground and seeing what happens. Obviously, their first choice, Osorio, said no. So maybe they'll have an interim for that match, we'll see what happens. But if I'm Cruz Azul, I'm thinking we should we should win. We're in second place. 
on Sunday. Another game for us. Juarez versus Pachuca. <sighs> Juarez are in 11th. Pachuca's in 6th. Um, I would probably lean more towards Pachuca just going off of performances. Um, the yeah, only, they've been... Yeah. The only team I follow closely from Juarez is the female team because uh, <laughs> they have a lot of talent over there. I'll just leave that the at that. talent you like to see. Yeah. They should actually put them on prime TV instead of Juarez, man. I mean... You want to work? You want to you want to grow this female side of of the league, man. Just televise all the hottest games, man. I'm, t- I'm telling you, a lot of talent there. Uh, Querétaro, Monterrey. That is, uh, you know what? I'm gonna go towards Querétaro. I think Rayados had a really bad outing against Tigres, and they're they're gonna be on the road, and Querétaro showed a good fight against Puebla. So I'm gonna go for the Gallos. Why not? And going for Gallos, I I think uh, Mohammed bounces back oh. with this one. Well, I hope they don't because Chivas are right right above them with 18 points. Monterrey has 17, so I would want to have an upset there. That way, who does Chivas play again? Chivas will play Cholos, the COVID, oh, yeah, the right. COVID, on the road, and it's on the road. The COVID superstars, a, a sickly. A sickly tired Cholos. It's like a, it's like a starving dog. Just kick it. Like, I think the yeah, re- I, I, they they should they should just be responsible and professional and just say, you know, it's not safe for us to to field these players because there's no way you catch COVID and you're ready to go in two weeks, man. You're probably gonna give it to the the other team. I think that's like. I think well, I think that remains to be seen, right? Like, are they going to line up those players, or are they going to have to use the youth or some of the reserves? You know, I, I think yeah. we'll find out. They should respect yeah. respectfully withdraw from the rest of the season, and then I don't know, maybe challenge these teams to a, a game of FIFA. E league, e league, e league results. Yeah. Oh man. Uh so that will wrap up the Jornada 13. That will be the last game. And uh and then there'll be a makeup match uh next Sunday against Tijuana, Santos versus Tijuana. But if I'm not mistaken, uh there will be that second uh friendly fixture in Netherlands, so I, I I don't know if that one's like a a FIFA friendly. Uh, we'll see. Oh yeah. Well, seems like Cholos. Who knows, man? Their season might be done by this point. Yeah. Uh, just because of all the, it's already hectic scheduling. All the Jornadas were not missing two games, uh, and then with all the sick players, uh, who knows if they recovered? So. If if they do manage, uh, good for them. But I think we would all understand if they just, you know, just pack it in, man. That's it. Yeah, just for the give, safety give, of give others. Your, give, give, dude, you know what? I'll give it to my youth. Yeah. 
give, give it to them, man. You might put the under 17s up in there. Why not? End up finding a good prospect. If there's anything we've two. learned from the under 17 World Cup is that Mexicans peak at 17. So just put that team out there. <laughs> Who knows? They might win. <laughs> anyway, yeah. That did actually make sense. <laughs> Which of those dudes might. And you might have some good. And, and Chivas continue to get criticism because, again, female side killing it. The younger younger side's killing it. Senior team, what happened? But staying <laughs> well, in. They're still in the fight. Staying in they're seventh in position, fight, you know? I, I, I'm i used to a Chivas in the mid table and just. That's right. They're, s- they're still doing better than the past, what, three years? Yeah. And they were finishing I'm, I'm, 14th, 15th, 17th. I'm totally okay with just slipping in there. Nobody, no, nobody's even noticing. Hey, how the hell did you get in here? Hey, don't tell anybody. And then you know, you turn it on. You turn it on for the playoffs. You know, if there's one thing I've learned about sports, it's it's not about how you start the season or how many wins you have. But once you get into the playoffs, man, if you're hot, you're hot. You're gonna go in there and you're gonna take over and and upset some of the higher seeds. And that's 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 Chivas's bread and butter, man. I just hope that uh, by then, Trophies catches some lightning in a bottle, man, because he's kind of like the player you need to to be the X factor during those games. We should send him on a flight to Napoli and have Gattuso give him a little training cap. I don't know. <laughs> um, bring, bring Gattuso over for a motivation of speech. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, well we are... Pretty much covered everything we were going to cover tonight. Do you have any closing thoughts before we sign off? Uh, no, I, I expect another Chivas win, especially against the opponent in their deathbed. So I do I do I see Chivas getting the three more points. Uh, as far as the whole coaching thing, too much politics, man. I think that's that's what ends up hurting a lot of clubs. If we look at the top clubs, they're the ones that have been a bit more consistent. You know, uh, Leon has held on to to Nacho for quite a while. Same with America, and uh, and though I do I do think uh, what's that? Tivoli, he's he's the one with less time, but he's, he's doing he's great. Been there, so no surprise, no surprises that the teams that allow their coaches to work end up doing good. Absolutely. Um, well, appreciate your time, Joel. I hope everyone out there on YouTube can forgive us for the choppy audio. Um, everyone, make sure to tune in on Wednesday to see how Mexico lines up against Guatemala. And uh, we will catch you all in the next one.